Hear that? It's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake. Specifically, they're beating around the bush, which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. Today is Wednesday, March 4th, 2020. On this day in 1972, Kim Wendy Allen, a junior college student in Santa Rosa, California, was raped, strangled, and dumped after she hitched a ride late one night. Kim was the first victim discovered in a series of slayings now known as the Santa Rosa Hitchhiker Murders, but not the last. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a ParCast original. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Torella Slemp, co-host of the podcast Killer Queens. Every week on Killer Queens, Torella and her sister Tori bring you a lighter take on a true crime story sprinkled with endearing and hilarious 90s references. Thanks for having me, Vanessa. Hello, everybody. Torella's here to discuss some of the historical aspects of today's story while I'll cover the narrative. I'm excited about the mystery of Kim Wendy Allen's unsolved murder. It's one of those cases that really makes you think that could totally happen to me. That's so true, and I'm thrilled to have you join me to look at this case. Due to the graphic nature of today's crimes, listener discretion is advised. Extreme caution is advised for listeners under 13. Now let's go to a health food store in Larkspur, California on March 4th, 1972, just before Kim Wendy Allen ended her final shift. Kim shut the cash register and headed to the back room of Natural Foods. It had been a long shift. The hours seemed to drag even longer because Kim knew her day was far from over. She still had her night class at Santa Rosa Junior College. Only after that would she finally be able to sleep. Kim opened her locker and pulled out her long coat. She shrugged it on, then slung her orange knapsack over her back. It was heavy with books. Kim sighed as she eyed her other package, a large straw bag with Chinese characters printed on the side. Then, reluctantly, she hefted that into her arms, too. It was 5 p.m., time to get moving. As usual, she'd hitch a ride from Larkspur to Santa Rosa. She knew it wasn't the ideal mode of transportation. Her mother had warned her against it several times. Even Kim's teacher at college had chimed in. A couple of weeks prior, Kim had been on her way out of class when her teacher, Elizabeth Barr, stopped her. She asked Kim how she planned to get back home. When Kim explained her plans to hitchhike, the teacher was disturbed. Ms. Barr told Kim that a former student of hers had been murdered while hitchhiking. And when Kim hadn't seemed adequately worried, Ms. Barr informed her of yet another female hitchhiker who had managed to survive a night of hitchhiking, but not without getting grievously wounded in the process. Then to ensure Kim wouldn't hitchhike on that night, Ms. Barr asked one of the students in the class to ferry her home. But that was one night out of many. 
Tonight, standing in front of the natural food store, Kim knew none of her co-workers would be able to give her a lift to Santa Rosa. Hitchhiking was simply practical, whatever the risks. Anyway, unlike her mother and Ms. Barr, Kim didn't see evil hiding behind every face. She believed that people were generally good and kind, and she'd seen as much in all her prior hitchhiking experiences. Today, she thought, would be like all the others. Kim waited on the side of the road. She readjusted the strap of her backpack, massaged her shoulder, and hoped that one of the passing cars would stop soon. It didn't take long. A car slowed, pulling over beside her. Kim approached it eagerly, a friendly expression on her face. There were two men sitting in the front seat. They smiled and beckoned her inside. Relieved, she opened the door and climbed into the car. Kim Wendy Allen would never be seen again. Not alive, anyway. Up next, the bleak end of Kim Wendy Allen's final ride. Now, back to the story. On March 4, 1972, 19-year-old Kim Wendy Allen left her part-time job at a health food store in Larkspur, California, at 5 p.m. Shortly after, Kim hitched a ride with two men, expecting them to drive her to a night class in Santa Rosa. Instead, Kim was raped and strangled to death a couple of hours later. My guest host, Torella, is going to take over from here to discuss the details of Kim's murder and the investigation that followed. Thanks, Vanessa. On March 5, 1972, less than 12 hours after Kim ended her shift at the health food store, two teenage boys made a horrifying discovery. They found Kim's body in a ditch 20 feet from Enterprise Road. She wasn't wearing a stitch of clothing, not her long coat, her backpack, her straw bag. The only item her attacker had left her was one solitary gold earring. On examining her body, the police surmised that Kim had been raped and then tortured by slow asphyxiation until she died. At first, police thought they had a solid lead. Eyewitnesses had seen Kim entering a car with two men and the police were able to track down the men in question. They subjected them to an intense interrogation. However, both men attested that they had dropped Kim off a couple miles down the road in San Rafael. Airtight alibis and the fact that one of the men passed a polygraph test helped to further absolve them of the crime. Investigators were back at square zero. Despite dedicating 10 detectives to the case, weeks passed without a lead. And then more naked bodies of young female hitchhikers began turning up in ditches. Kim may have been the first victim of the Santa Rosa hitchhiker murderer, as the media dubbed the serial killer, but she wasn't the last. The killer was active until 1974 for two long years after Kim's murder. They targeted young, female victims between the ages of 12 and 24. Like Kim, these unsuspecting women were usually strangled, raped, and then unceremoniously dumped by the side of the road. The Santa Rosa hitchhiker murderer was rumored to be responsible for anywhere from 6 to 20 deaths. Police eventually found a few key suspects for the killings. The first was Frederick Manali. Frederick was one of Kim Wendy Allen's professors at Santa Rosa Junior College. In 1976, after Frederick died in a car accident, his wife alerted the police to some disturbing materials she had discovered among her late husband's belongings. 
namely her husband's numerous sadomasochistic drawings featuring Kim Wendy Allen. These disturbing pictures were accompanied by letters in which Frederick wrote about his obsession with sexual slavery and large-breasted women. However, the police later dismissed Frederick Manali as a suspect, surmising that his fixation on his former student began after her headline-grabbing death. In the years since the Hitchhiker murders, the police floated several other high-profile killers as the potential culprit. Atop this list was the Zodiac Killer. He once signed off one of his infamous letters to the police with the word Enterprise. And since Kim Wendy Allen's body was found on Enterprise Road, the police wondered if the Zodiac sign-off was a taunting callback. However, it wasn't the Zodiac's MO to rape victims. It didn't quite fit. Ted Bundy was another high-profile serial killer who investigators tried to link to the murders. However, in 1992, the U.S. Department of Justice ruled out Bundy, too. They discovered his gas receipts placed him elsewhere at the time of the crimes. Ultimately, the police were never able to gather enough evidence to catch the killer. The Santa Rosa hitchhiker murders remain unsolved to this day. In the years since, Kim Wendy Allen's mother has made peace with this fact and decided to focus on the living. According to an article in the Press Democrat, Kim's mother turned her attention towards educating young hitchhikers, stating, it used to be you'd tell a child to not ride with strangers and they'd mind. But these days you can't tell a child anymore. We must reach them before any more are taken from us. She couldn't get back her girl, but she would do her best to help others. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Thanks again, Torella, for joining me today. Thanks so much for having me. You can find my podcast, Killer Queens, on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. We've covered several serial killers, including one similar to the Santa Rosa killer, Israel Keys. And if you're seeking more psychological deep dives into killers' minds, check out my other show, the ParCast Original, Serial Killers. Today in True Crime is a ParCast Original. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other ParCast Originals for free on Spotify. Not only does Spotify already have all of your favorite music, but now Spotify is making it easy for you to enjoy all of your favorite ParCast Originals like Today in True Crime, for free from your phone, desktop, or smart speaker. To stream Today in True Crime on Spotify, just open the app and type Today in True Crime in the search bar. At ParCast, we're grateful for you, our listeners. You allow us to do what we love. Let us know how we're doing. Reach out on Facebook and Instagram, at ParCast, and Twitter, at ParCast Network. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime was created by Max Cutler and is a ParCast Studios original. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Andy Waits, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Abiyageli Adimegu, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle. I'm Vanessa Richardson.